poke my button some more. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's God, I right. love that button. It's just right. Oh, yeah. It's just right. In a circle. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> find somebody to love. So we want to talk about relationships today, and I am in bed with sex educator Reed Mihalko. I love you so much. I love and, you so and that much. We're podcasting from my bed. Yes. So he has this wonderful loft in Oakland, and I heard about his Relationship 10X program, and he has so many neat tips about how you can trick yourself into having a better relationship. Trick because basically, Well, because here's the deal. Relationships <laughs> are so emotional, right? And sometimes we get hurt and we feel things and, you know, we love our partner and we want to work it out, but we're upset and we don't have the skills and tools because gosh knows that our parents didn't have the skills or tools to work out their disagreements, which is why most relationships end in divorce. Well, I mean, it's true. We, we picked up the bad habits of the relationships that were role modeled around us. And that's, you know, going back into the beginning of time. So where, if, you, if your mom and dad weren't geeks about communication and relationships and figuring out what bad habits they picked up from your grandparents, how were you when you were six or seven or four and then going through puberty, how were you supposed to figure out and be like, oh, you know, my mom and dad just don't know how to listen to each other and communicate their wants, needs, and desires. That's why their marriage is failing. We're not a culture that talks about this stuff in that kind of way. And as a six-year-old, you don't have that kind of thinking capacity to begin with. Right. Most of us. I mean, I, I speak for myself. I definitely didn't at six. This is sex. Everyone gets what they want. This is sexploration. Explore. Play. This is Sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. So healthy relationships are all about healthy communication and healthy boundaries. And a lot of it, because relationships are so emotional, it has a lot to do with what's going on in your unconscious mind. You know, feelings and thoughts that you may not even be aware of. And so some of the tricks that we're going to talk about are ways that you can kind of hack into your unconscious mind and shed some awareness there. Like, what's going on for me emotionally? You know, how can I connect more deeply with my partner? How can I tell myself that this is something that I'm committed to? And how can I have difficult discussions in the most positive way? Yes. And there's like tricks and stuff that you can there like totally scientific is. research that you can like look at and be like, oh, interesting. If I'm a holding a hot beverage, I feel like I'm having a greater sense of rapport with someone. So I've got a couple of tricks that I'm going to exchange with you. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Serious research into like how you can trick your subconscious mind, how you can hack your relationship and just use the best possible tools to have the best possible communication. Is that why you're always making me hot cocoa? Yes. It's why every time that we, <laughs> we hang out, I pretty much am like, yeah, have some tea. And you're like, no, I'm good. I'm like, suck it up. Have some tea. <laughs> so, so wait, okay. So let's start there because I hadn't heard this piece and I'm fascinated and you've, you've awakened the <laughs> I, I geek. knew. I'm like, but does that you mean if, know if, this, if I you? serve you a cold beverage that we have less rapport? 
Well, it's not that we necessarily will be able to develop less rapport because there's other ways you can develop rapport other than just the, well, technically associating (laughs) alcohol with you know, sexual experiences leads to high-risk behavior. You're much more likely to have unprotected sex if you associate alcohol with getting laid. But if you associate hot cocoa with tiny marshmallows with getting laid, does that mean we'll have safer sex? And maybe some dental problems, but, you know, maybe we'll brush our teeth. That'll be good. I personally prefer tea because the warm beverage thing, they've actually done studies that even if someone is just holding a warm beverage and not even drinking it, they had this these people, like just random respondents, describe this person on this clipboard, and Bob was this person on this clipboard, and they would say that he was warm and friendly and nice if they happened to be holding a hot beverage, whereas holding a cold beverage or no beverage at all, they would describe him as less friendly. And people who have dates and and meet someone for the first time, if they're both drinking warm beverages, they report a greater sense of rapport. This hot beverage thing, I mean, it's just like a little hack, you know, that you can be like, oh... Would you like a cup of tea? Yes. Actually, I would. That would be great. Um, you know where the tea is. It's my home. Little Other little hacks off of this idea, and I'll preface it by saying don't use these tricks as tactics or strategies because if you have an agenda that's unannounced and people catch on to it or if they sense that you're trying to do something, it will create more disconnection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always very transparent. Like if I if I want to cook you dinner because I want to have sex with you, I'll tell you. Like I would love to cook you dinner and then, you know, have sex with you after dinner. I'm not going to cook you dinner as a means of trying to warm you up so that maybe we can have sex. I'm going to be transparent and let you know these are my intentions or this is my preference. And so I'm giving you space to to be able to choose in freely. And that makes for a cleaner engagement, less creepy. The warm beverage thing is really useful, and in the Relationship 10X, uh, and people can go to it's relationship10x.com, there's a free webinar. There's a bunch of free training videos, but there's also a webinar, and one of the things I talk about is if you're having a, an argument or a, a challenging conversation with somebody, and it's appropriate, make sure that you're physically touching somehow, whether it's like you're just your feet are touching each other or you're holding hands where you're sitting across from each other and your knees are touching. If you're doing it over the phone, if you can get on video Skype, being able to see each other can feel more connected. Mm-hmm. So these are things that in building, if especially when you're having a difficult conversation and you're feeling disconnected, physically being connected, even if you're just sitting side by side, shoulder to shoulder and touching, that changes the conversations often because it's when people feel disconnected, they will disconnect. Right. They'll shut down emotionally. Yeah. So a way to hack that a little bit is by making sure that you guys are remaining connected. It sets the tone for you guys to feel more connected. And in feeling more connected, it helps to shift the tone of a difficult conversation. So Reed has been doing relationship work, relationship coaching, sex coaching. He's a sex educator. You've been doing this for quite some time now. Yep. Uh, and people can find you at readaboutsex.com. Yeah, R-E-I-D, aboutsex.com. And then relationship10x.com is, is my new project. And that those free training videos and the 90-minute webinar, those are all designed, one, to help people for free. But two, if people want to do a six-week course where we get even more geeky about it and dive into how do you improve your relationships, there is a six-week course attached to that. 
Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to learning about the neuroscience. You've mentioned a book about the brain stuff, some of the half-lives and the, the chemistry of connection, where it's especially about, I think it's called mating in captivity, mm-hmm. where you talk about some of what goes on in the brain around long-term relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's another another way to hack certain things, I think, is just to be aware of them. Mm-hmm. Like understanding like the consciousness hack is, oh, when I have a crush on somebody or I start falling in love, I'm imprinting on them chemically. And so my brain chemistry has me feeling like they're my soulmate. And they they could, could be, be your soul, soulmate. Be. But if you're moving in with somebody after having met them for just a weekend, that's your brain chemistry talking in the MRI studies that, that we've had for the functional MRIs where the centers of the brain that are activated and really cooking when you're in love are the same, the exact same centers of the brain that are cooking when you're addicted to cocaine. <laughs> so, like, you have the rational capabilities of somebody who's a cocaine addict when you're in love. And just knowing that that's the case so that when you are crushing on somebody or madly in love, you're like, I I'm a cocaine addict right now. Well, just enjoy it, but know that any long-term decisions that you make, you may want to make with a little bit of mm, extra, you know, awareness that you might want to change your mind as you get to know each other better. Yeah. And that that knowing that there's a shelf life to your brain chemistry mm-hmm. allows you to plan better mm-hmm. and be more aware about how unaware you are. Right. And that also allows you to enjoy the ride, right? right? Like if you're drunk, get your friend to drive home, the friend who's sober, so that you can enjoy your drunk. Like right. there's nothing necessarily wrong about, you know, being drunk. It's driving while drunk that is problematic. Or getting married. Or getting married while drunk. <laughs> exactly. Viva! Exactly. So there's also some half-life brain chemistry going on when you're having an argument or a difficult discussion. And I was reading that, you know, when you're emotionally triggered, it's a half-life of 15 minutes for you to kind of get over your fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. Have you heard similar things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, For me personally, I tell people when I'm coaching them, Go for 20 to 40 minutes. No, because it's a half-life. Yeah. Like, so you're only over half of it in 15 minutes. Maybe, yeah. I don't think of it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But but the idea is, like, when you get triggered or your partner gets triggered, you don't get untriggered right away. Mm -hmm. Like, you can. It's like when somebody's just- Your cortisols are still coursing through your bloodstream. Yeah, your your brain just dumped Mm -hmm. a ton of chemistry into you. And it's going to take a little bit of time for your body to just reabsorb that chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you, like the next time you get triggered or you're in a fight um, or, you know, somebody just does something really shitty to you, pay attention as much as you can to how long you stay upset. And there's a, the difference for me, too. And the reason I say 20, 20 to 40 minutes is there's the brain or there's the body chemistry of I just got really pissed off or mm-hmm. had a lot of adrenaline and I'm like, you know, kind of amped for -hmm. for 15, you know, 20 minutes. And then there's the other 10, 20 minutes after of me thinking about revenge, (laughs) which isn't so much the brain, the body Uh. chemistry. It's not the blood chemistry. It's my mental cycle, Mm -hmm. which is also, I think, influenced to some point by your blood chemistry. But 
for me, there's a little bit, there's the, I'm now over my hormones in my bloodstream. And then there's the mental cycling that has to slow down. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of stress hormones like cortisols that are actually coursing through your blood. And then, of course, your mental process just being able to put that away. And maybe if you meditate, you'd be able to regain your mental focus more quickly, but you still have those cortisols coursing through your blood sure. for, you know, a good 30 minutes. So what what's really useful, and again, we have the awareness piece of the hack, right? Oh, there's this situation, which for some people, just knowing that that's the case is more than their parents or grandparents ever knew about themselves. So that's the first part of the hack. The second piece is, all right, now that I know this about myself, what actually grounds me or calms me down or gets me back to center fastest? Is it meditation? Mm -hmm. Is it going outside for a walk? Is it, you know, taking the car out and, you know, go for a 10-minute drive? Is it you and your partner rubbing your partner's feet? Whatever those things are, go on a little, you know, detective work to figure out what those things are for yourself so that you can implement them quickly like those are resources for you to implement to get you back into balance so that you guys can have the conversation that you need to have. You know, trying to have conversations while you're triggered. I mean, I know people who are like that. Like on a good day, I can do that. Like I can kind of pull out my relationship black belt and I can have a difficult conversation while I'm triggered. Mm -hmm. But that's but not it's a, so much easier when you don't have to. Yeah. Well, that's also on a good day. Mm -hmm. On a bad day, if I try that. I get my ass handed to me, and I often I make more of and a mess. And say something that you don't really mean. You're like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I just yeah. Could we just back up? Yeah, but you can't back up mm -mm. because now your partner's triggered, triggered. And now so you're basically both on hold for about 20 minutes. Right. Or 40, right? Right, so, right. So, but when you know that, you're like, oh, my God, honey, I'm triggered. Are and you triggered? I love you. I yeah. am so triggered. <laughs> Why don't we both go for a walk? not say anything, just hold hands, go for a quick 10-minute walk, and then check in and see where we're at so we can continue this conversation. And you were talking about in your webinar, it was kind of a longer discussion, but you were talking about how everyone has kind of a different cool-off style. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, really? I said that? Yeah, um, you did. Yes, I did say that. Uh, yeah, like it, starting to, to know... Because you had a girlfriend that would just drive off, and you would yeah. be like, ah! Exactly. So... You know, I had a girlfriend that when we would have a fight, her way of taking care of herself was she would go drive around the block a couple of times until she calmed down and could have the conversation. But, you know, because of the family I was raised in, you leaving me meant we were done and I was already activated. So you were it was already upset. Yeah, the stakes were even higher. Mm -hmm. um, you can't leave. Yeah, exactly. And what, you know, in the way that I was raised in my family was the way you showed you cared is that you didn't leave. Mm -hmm. You you stuck it out. So once we figured that out, I could figure out what I needed underneath that, which is I just needed her to tell me she'd be back. Mm -hmm. And then the next time we had a fight, she grabbed her car keys and turned around. And she's like, I'll be right back. I'm just going to drive around the block to calm down, and we'll continue the conversation. And I was so happy. And that was leverageable in a really fun way, too, because I had a bunch of happiness hormones get dumped into my bloodstream. <laughs> that, that were helpful in combating right. all the stress that we just went through. Right, right. And there's also some other things like um, a physical trick that you can use as a couple. I've heard that if you sex, can lay... Right? It's called sex? 
Well, the whole arguing and then sex cycle can be a little bit addictive. <laughs> and so it's really important, actually, to sort of disconnect from that because we are all addicted to polarity and excitement. And if we manufacture that excitement by arguing with each other, that can lead to a negative spiral. Yeah. But it's definitely something that I've read a great article about it in Psychology Today. So you may want to look that up if you are interested in that or if that's part of your cycle. But you're, you end up anchoring... Yeah, you the, anchor because you, arguments. Because you like the make You the, like the, the makeup, makeup sex, sex, so you have the argument. You're putting Ooh. into place a, a dynamic of c continually arguing so that you do have the makeup sex. Right. That's really tricky. That yeah. can be a real big problem. Do whatever you want if that's really what floats your boat. But be conscious of that. You know, you want to definitely be aware and pick things that are very small to argue about. Or just role play. Yeah, be exactly. Be like, honey, we're going to have an argument. Ready? No, we're not. Yes, we yes, are. Yes, we no, are. No, it's exactly. Like, it's like the Monty yeah. Python skit. I'm here for an argument. No, you're not. Exactly. So the relationship hack that I was going to talk about was if you can talk to each other while laying down, mm -hmm. apparently you're much more easily able to come to kind of a collaborative, calm and relaxed um, state. And also, I heard that if you can have your heart facing that person, it would really help. I'm just going to sit here and smile silently. Isn't that fun? I want to try this. I know. We should me lie too. down soon. Yeah, I would say, well, so the heart piece, right? I'm going to say that that's, because that sounds kind of Northern California. It, they actually said heart chakra at the time. Yeah. Okay. So what heart I would say. Heart chakras facing each other. As as somebody who, who likes to speak woo-woo, who also likes science, I'm going to say that if your heart and my heart are facing each other, then our faces are facing each other. Right. And eye contact. <laughs> eye contact is really helpful. And this is something my dad actually taught my brothers and I. Whenever we would have a bat, like my brothers and I would get into a fight fight, he would have a stand nose to nose and we couldn't say anything. Do you know how hard it is to stay mad at somebody when your noses are touching? Whoa. He was genius. I don't know how <laughs> he figured it out, but... We could only stay mad at each other for like three minutes. Oh, tops. wow. We'd start giggling. So the idea of eye contact and, again, like going back to touching, really, really simple. And from a woo-woo perspective, like having your chakras aligned with each mm -hmm. other and, and within in close proximity, there's tons of benefits whether you believe in, in chakras or not. Sure. But there's, there's so many different variables being lined up all at once. Mm -hmm because we're social creatures, that it doesn't surprise me that if studies were showing that people would find a, a more grounded, meeting, connected place mm -hmm. by being heart-to-heart. And also laying down. I think it has to do with kind of the relaxation thing, like you're not in a fight stance. You're mm -hmm. not standing. You're not, you don't have your arms you're crossed. More prone. Exactly. And that way you're more open to what the other person sure. has to say. It's more relaxing. I mean, just, again, like changing... If you notice that you do certain things when you're activated, consciously figuring out ways to not do those things can help interrupt your patterns. So most people don't argue lying down. That's a really helpful thing, even if it's just you're just sending the subconscious message that you're not fight or flighting. Like you're here to work it out. You're comfortable with each other. And even if it feels like, oh, I'm mad at this person, you are clearly still safe with them because you're lying down. That's good. And I love the idea that you have that, you know, touching each other, even if you aren't doing it with your fingertips, which is a great idea, you could do that, but like with your knee or with your toes mm -hmm. under the table. Yeah. 
You could both take your index fingers and stick them up each other's nostrils and then see how long you can stay mad at each other then. Now, if you have like really bitching fingernails, just be careful you don't cut Yeah, somebody. you want to. You know, dolphins actually have sex with each other's blowholes. I thought you were going to say dolphins put their fins up people's noses. No, dolphins put their fins up each other's noses. Not fins, but their nose. Their their little in each other's probe. blowholes. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like dolphin sex, and they also like put their penises in their blowholes. And I mean, they dolphins have some it's just very another hole. Exactly. They they are they're they're they have unnatural sex as well. They have unnatural human sex, but I would say maybe for dolphins, blowhole sex is natural. I actually think that there's no such thing as natural. Natural is a human projection that has to do with this idea of nature that is not true. Hmm. So that would be natural to have that thought? Yeah, well, maybe. Because usually people are like, oh, well, that's unnatural. You know, that like gay sex is unnatural or oral sex is unnatural. If you can't make a baby with it, then it's unnatural or if it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But human beings are so beyond nature and natural that I think that applying the idea of natural to human behavior is absurd. When do we get to lay down? <laughs> okay, so you Just tell us a couple more things about <laughs> relationship 10x. I wanna, I want what, are people, what are people going to learn in, in the, because you've be got 10 minutes, oh, 10 minutes, 10 minutes okay. about relationships a day. You, you do 10 minutes a yeah, day about relationships yeah. and you're helping people so, in, in their so, busy lives, hack their relationships. So here's another hack that I'll give people that, that the whole premise of Relationship 10X is designed around this. We know a lot more now about human beings and how we learn. And, and in the last five years, we've learned more about the human brain than we've learned ever before that because we have different, we have better ways of measuring what's actually going on in the brain. We're not just poking it with a stick after yeah. it's dead. Well, and then some, one of my friends was talking about it. Aristotle or, or whoever it was who thought that the brain was basically a cooling system, was a radiator for your blood because your heart was your emotional Center. organ. Mm -hmm. Because if you got upset or moved, like your heartbeat would change. But they couldn't measure anything in the head back then. So they just thought that that was just to kind of cool everything down and that your emotions and your thinking really happened from your heart. I actually think that your emotions and your thinking, a lot of it, in my opinion, happens in your intestines. I, well, that I would, as a geek, I would say, well, that has a lot to do with blood flow and fight and flight. Your, and your, your neurons. So many neurons are in your intestines. Yeah. There's a lot that changes when your emotional state changes in your intestines because of the amount of energy and blood flow that goes there while things are being processed mm -hmm. digestively. That all being said, gut feelings. Gut feelings. My point being, and because we're not, gonna, you're not going to drag me into a debate around <laughs> whether we think with our bodies or with our brains, because um, no one wins in that conversation. Everybody. Um, wins. But what's interesting there is we know more about adult learning styles and how adults learn than ever before as well. And so, if you're somebody who wants to work on your relationship, let's say you read a really cool book and you have all these insights and new thoughts about the relationship but you can't get your partner to read the book mm -hmm. it doesn't mean <laughs> that you're are you nodding because of <laughs> yeah my the, partner does not read books he needs the audiobook well this is Dossie it. Easton is working on that audiobook for the ethical slut go Dossie go but this is the thing like there's this is an adult learning style situation 
it's not that your partner doesn't care. No, he loves it's, me. He just it's doesn't probably, read. if you're gonna take a guess, it's probably because books aren't the way he likes to learn or she likes to learn, whoever they are. So in relationship 10x, when I was designing it, I'm like, you know what I want to do? Like in for all the people that I know in our busy lives, you know, whether your relationship's horrible and you want to take it to good, or whether it's great and you want to take it to like fantastic. Like a lot of people don't have a lot of time to take or the resources to take four days off to go take a retreat or a month long sojourn into, you know, their relationship. And so I designed a course and model it with the free videos and the webinar where we can learn in little bite sized chunks. The videos are 10 minutes a day. But then there's also audio downloads and transcripts and experiential homework where you're leveraging a lot of different learning styles and reintroducing concepts and reinforcing them in different ways. This is really useful for those of you who are having a tough time in your relationships and it feels like your partner can't get on board to be a part of it. I think, I don't have statistics for it, but a lot of those relationships, what's happening is you found a learning style that works for you. You love going to workshops, but your partner's not an experiential learner. And their hesitation isn't hesitation about the relationship. It's hesitation about the learning style. So if you could give them something in a book form, something that they could read because they learn through words through their eyeballs, then they would be able to ingest the same information and you guys can have a collaborative conversation. So with Relationship 10X, what I've done is I've taken a, a lot of my relationship geekery and packaged it in these 10-minute videos or hour-long audios that you can listen to when you're commuting to work, mm -hmm. like different ways for people to leverage and learn together regardless of your adult learning style. And you also talk about like some people are cat people in relationships and some people are dog people in relationships. Yeah. It, All these different styles, like your cool down style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, things that are really useful for you to know about yourself. And regardless of if you decide to stay together with your relationships or not, because for those of you who are familiar with my work, like I'm not about duration how long you stay together being how you measure oh, success. Yeah, whether or not the relationship was successful. Yeah, it's what's a successful relationship is you guys stayed together as long as was useful. And was fun. Yeah. Like you weren't just torturing each other exactly. at the end. So learning And you those, learn from each other and enjoy each other. Learning these things about yourself. Because some people are like, well, I can't do this course because if we break up, they're going to take all the good stuff that they learned from our relationship and, and apply, apply it to it the to next person. And apply it to something else, yeah. That's what you want, folks. That's good. Because you get to do the same thing too. Right. So, you know, and I say that because my intention is to help people have better relationships period. And I think you can over, you know, six weeks in as little as 10 minutes a day, make huge improvements. If you have these insights, oh my God, I never knew that. My mom and dad never role modeled for me. If we stay, you know, physically in contact and lay down and look at each other while we have an argument, we can actually diffuse a lot of that frustration and anxiety and take an argument and turn it into a productive conversation where we both feel connected and know each other better. Right. Because I think the idea is, is that you really want to feel like you're on the same team, that you both really love each other and you both want the other person to be happy and you want to be happy too. And as long as you can really communicate and be honest about what you really need and want, then the both of you can take 
yourselves and each other's needs, put them in a big pile and solve them together. Mm-hmm. At the same time, rather than saying it's a zero-sum game, I'm not going to get what I want if you get what you want. Like both of you are working towards a future where both of you get what you want and you can be on the same team and collaborate towards that goal rather than making it an argument where someone's right and someone's wrong. Amen, brother. Keep fighting the good fight. I heart you, Monica. I heart you, Read Me Halco of ReadAboutSex.com. And Relationship10x.com. (laughs) Do we get to lie down now? Yes. Am I going to be the dolphin or are you the dolphin? We can both be dolphins. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. <laughs> I'll feel into it and then we'll see. How's that? Slippers. Yay. Okay. You can subscribe to Sexploration with Monica on iTunes and have new episodes delivered automatically. Or download free podcasts at sexplorationwithmonica.com. <laughs> <laughs>